This episode of Excelsior Journeys is sponsored by author Edward Rollins. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. So would you say that that's kind of like the lightning bolt moment for you? And that's you, why I moment? taught myself how to draw. It was actually the little mermaid. Drawing stills of Ariel. I've got better things to do tonight than so die. He jumped out of his chair and said, who the F is this? I remember walking out of the theater with him saying, I'm going to write Halloween I'm sex. rather impressed with your research. Rarely do people ask me about children in the corner. It doesn't have too. to be perfect. Just do it. You know, yeah. throw some spaghetti yeah. against the wall. See this if it sticks. This is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. This is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning into the show that is part of the Once Upon a Podcast Network. And this show has been going on for over 200 episodes. I'm still amazed at how far this show has gone. I am so thankful that all of you have been tuning in. And I hope that you continue to tune in to the Once Upon a Podcast Network. We currently have eight shows that are all focused on inspiring motivating, celebrating, educating, and even rejuvenating creatives of all kinds. And we have something really special that's going to be starting on Labor Day weekend with the start of Audio Drama Sunday Theater. That's right. The hashtag comes to life. It's going to be in its own show, and it's going to focus purely on the wonderful art of audio dramas. So consider this a reach out to anyone who has an, a completed audio drama. If you're looking for an additional platform to showcase it, by all means, this show is for that. So please look me up. Just go ahead and send me an email at george at he's got it.com. One of the great things that I truly love about creatives in general is those who are able to achieve their milestones, create their name for themselves, but then immediately turn back and have a handout for anyone else who is struggling in that very same field. And that's why I am so happy to have Rachel Lavin here today. Rachel is the author of The Donut Diaries, which focuses on her own journey to health, to happiness, to weight loss. And she has immediately, once that, that's been out, she has turned around and immediately gone on to help everyone who is having those same issues. She is a certified instructor. She is a trainer. She is, she is a, a constant public speaker in this field. And she is working her way through this amazing industry, making sure that there are those who are dealing with those same issues that they are not going through the same struggles that she has. And that is something that to me is the mark of a true Excelsior journey. And I'm so happy to Rachel to have Rachel here to talk about it. It is my pleasure to introduce our guest for this week, Rachel Lavin. Rachel, how are you? I'm great, George. How are you? I'm doing well. I am, I am doing very well. This whole journey of Getting this podcast network up and running, it's been a wonderful adventure. And having this show and at the same time being able to deal with all of the rest of my other creative outlets, the audiobook narrating, the writing, and and then to have a family on top of that, it's it's been it's been a real adventure and it's something that I wouldn't trade for anything. And I'm just very thrilled that, that you're here, that you reached out actually to be a part of the show. And that I truly appreciate. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you too. 
So before we go into your own origin stories, tell us a little bit about the book itself, The Donut Diaries. Absolutely. Well, my book is, like you mentioned in the beginning, your intro was lovely. It is my personal story of, you know, living with a body that I felt betrayed by for almost 40 years of my life. And when I turned 40, I just had this beautiful like epiphany. It's like, okay, I want to be happy. And I know that it doesn't include this, but how am I going to get there? And so then the latter part of my book is like how I did the work, how I healed from trauma, how I changed my mindset and put it into action. And now I can have a beautiful relationship, not only with my body, but with myself and with others. And I think that's the most powerful message in my book and that they're, and that people are not alone. That was the one thing I mentioned throughout my book countless times is you're not alone because I know so many women and men too, but so mm-hmm. many women feel like they're dealing with these struggles by themselves. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's something that I feel as someone who has struggled with my own weight loss and has just this past month, past, what's it been? Started in June, actually, getting back into Weight Watchers for the first time in, in quite a few years and really feeling like I finally got like a really good grasp of everything. And a big part of that is the community itself. That is something that really, that really works. And it's funny that, that they, for the, when I signed up for it and everything, they had, they had the offer of, you know, using the app, the 24 seven support and everything. But then for an extra dollar, then you can have access to the meetings. And for me, the meetings are what make all the difference because of that community, because of that feeling that you're not alone. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So having that, having gone through that and releasing the book and everything, was there a feeling of other people kind of reaching out and basically validating what it is that you were saying that you, that, that you are not that you yourself are not alone that that other people are really kind of realizing that hey there's this amazing resource and this amazing person who is reminding me that I'm not alone were you getting feedback like that absolutely i think the feedback from someone who has read my book and who has experienced my story that is the one thing I do hear continually is that, yes, your story is my story. I felt the same way. We might have grown up kind of differently or the same or whatever. But yes, absolutely, I'm getting that feedback. And it's it's so beautiful because that was the point of me doing my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so before you documented your journey, that journey itself had to start. Mm-hmm. So what I like to discuss here on the show is what I call the lightning bolt moment. And that's that moment in time when you either experience something or meet someone, see something, hear something, and it just kind of makes you want to pivot in that direction and say, that's the kind of person I want to be. Right. What was that for you? This is a very, a very deeply personal kind of, kind of journey that you're on. And I hope that it wasn't anything really truly negative, something that, that really kind of sparked that or, what was it that really got thing got things going for you when you were able to kind of take that first step for yourself? Well, as I briefly mentioned in my intro, I turned 40, had mm-hmm. this amazing moment because I was turning 40. I was a size zero. I wow. was miserable. 
I didn't mm. understand why I had strived for this body my whole life. I finally got it. Why wasn't I feeling whole? Why wasn't I feeling like this is my true self? And I think that the beautiful part of when you make a choice to change, I think mm -hmm. the world opens up and delivers what you need at the right time. And the right people were coming in my life. The right books were coming in my life. The right kind of willingness to go through these painful memories and experiences to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. And, you know... <sighs> It's taken a long time. It's taken a, I've been on this journey now for over 10 years and it's taken a long time to make this my every day, but mm -hmm. it has been worth it. And I can honestly tell you and your listeners that I have been happy. I have been able to feel comfortable in my own skin. And that was what I was lacking for so long. Mm. Yeah. Just acceptance mm -hmm. uh, for yourself, self-acceptance and, basically like self-validation really just basically just kind of letting you know that, Hey, you are enough. And right. yeah, that's, that's wonderful. That's, and when you started taking those steps of self-acceptance, what was that whole process like for you? Well, it had to be, I had to start from the beginning. I mean, I have felt this way about my body since I was in the fifth grade. I was really? 11 years old when I started feeling like my body was so different and that I would never have a socially acceptable body. And of course, mm. when you think something about yourself and you believe something about yourself, you only solidify that with your life experiences. So that mm -hmm. was a pretty solid mindset I had. Yeah. So to dismantle that and to go back and, and literally start from scratch to saying, like you said, I am enough. My body is fine the way it is. I have a perfect body in whatever shape, size that is. But I mm -hmm. also wanted to be clear about I want to take care of my body. I want to eat foods that make me feel full, that make me feel energetic, that make me feel happy. Mm -hmm. And I because that was really where I lived my life was on a very restrictive diet until I couldn't take it anymore. And then I would binge, binge, binge. And yep. then I would go, I mean, so it was literally a yo-yo thing. And I'm, again, mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm not alone here. But you're definitely not. Because I can speak, <laughs> I can speak that very, I can speak with all confidence that you're not alone. Because yep. it sounds like a lot of what I've been dealing with over the past 20 years. Right. So, yeah. And to finally make peace with food was mm -hmm. critical into where I'm at now. You know, yeah. to honor my hunger, to understand that food is something that I have to ingest every single day. Mm -hmm. And instead of it being a battle, instead of it feeling like, I mean, I say this a lot in my interviews. I used to get angry at my hunger because it's like, I'm not going to get smaller body if I eat all the time. Yeah. And the correlation, even being in the fitness industry, the correlation of food is fuel Food is mm -hmm. what I need to nourish my entire body and so that it functions properly. It mm -hmm. just, that disconnect was there for so long. And so mm. to heal that relationship is, <laughs> I'm so grateful for that. And I yeah. feel completely liberated. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And so what was it that really made you feel that now that you've gone on this journey, 
what was it that what was it that came next? Was it about was it about the speaking or was it about the book? Well, it was about figuring out how I wanted to help people. I knew that was mm-hmm. always my kind of purpose in life. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've been in the fitness industry for over 20 years and that was my motivation. I always wanted to help people. Yeah. But now that I've written my book, it's become, yes, I want to help people, but in a different capacity than just standing over someone and calling out an exercise or saying that it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely a lot deeper. But I knew that with my book, I could reach more people Mm-hmm. And the speaking engagements have come from that. So it's definitely been a process. It's been a step-by-step and it's yeah. still evolving. I mean, I'm still figuring out how can I best deliver my message in a way that is inviting and doesn't scare people and doesn't make people think, oh, she's just another trying to tell me this and this when it's not, I'm not, I'm just saying, if you want to be free from all these thoughts and feelings you've had your whole life mm-hmm. and just enjoy the rest of your life, these are some of the steps I took and you can do it too. Nice. Nice. That's a great way to do it. You know, just really just kind of breaking it down in a very personal sense, mm-hmm. because it's one thing to say, you know, let's, you know, I, I'm going to show you how to do it, but then if you're if you yourself have not been on that journey, it kind of invalidates a little bit of what it is that you're trying to do. So right. almost like makes it artificial. And so if you have gone through that journey, then it's a slight, then it's a matter of, you know, like I did a you can too. But it also sounds like there is an extra element of that of I'm still on this journey. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you yourself, like, I mean, there's there's really no finish line to something like this. It's, you know, it, it's getting to a point and then, you know, making sure that you stay there. But that in itself is its own journey. So it's very much like, come on, let's all go on this journey together. Yeah. Do, I, think I, that, I have that right? You do have that right. And I was just yeah. going to piggyback on what you said. And I think to have a community of people who have experienced what you've gone through is so mm-hmm. powerful because there's a difference between feeling like, Oh, I have support. I have, I have a community as opposed to, I can't do this by myself. I need you to do it for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such the disconnect a lot in my industry alone. Yeah. Tell me what to eat. Tell me what to do. Just tell me, tell me, tell me I'll do it. And Mm -hmm. then people get so frustrated because they're not getting the results they want, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's more, of an understanding that I offer. It's like, you are your own person. You're your own individual. Your body is different than my body and you have to eat and move for you. You can't do Mm -hmm. exactly what I do because it may not work for you. Right. Once we kind of start to get that message out there and really embrace our individuality, Mm -hmm. I think that, I think that this could finally like, take over and we could really make some changes in, in the fitness and wellness space. Oh, that'd be great. That that well, would be awesome. Yeah. Cause it sounds a lot like, it sounds very much of, of like, okay, you know, like I got there, you know, like I got to this point, I'm going to show you guys how to, how to do it. But at the same time, you are going to help keep me in check. Almost is it just kind of feels like it's creating like a good circle instead of, instead of one person kind of lording over everyone else. 
you know, like, and giving them instructions on what to do or like say something like Nutrisystem or Jenny Craig or something that has like their own specific kind of food. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, this is what you eat. This is, you know, this is your food now, <laughs> you know, it's just like they go for that. They get some results and everything, but then once they start incorporating regular food back into their diet, and then all of a sudden the, the numbers start to kind of go the other way. Yeah. Then that, you know, that in itself, like, you know, kind of creates something that doesn't really sustain itself. So it sounds like what you're doing right from the start is creating the sustainable system by getting that, getting them right mentally. I hope so, because that is my goal, because no matter what, no matter what diet, no matter what meal plan, no matter workout, every Mm -hmm. single thing works in the beginning. Yeah. Every, everything does. Because mm-hmm. you're making a change. Yeah. But then, like you're saying, when you either do this or you do that. But also, too, I don't – I'm not 100% sure people understand this. Mm-hmm. When you go put yourself on a very strict, restrictive diet and mm-hmm. you only allow yourself certain things, your body goes into starvation mode. And it goes into a place where – I have to hold on to whatever nutrients are coming my way because I don't know when I'm going to get something again. Mm-hmm. And so when people start to say, oh, I'm regaining the weight or I'm plateauing and I'm not losing any more weight, that is what's happening inside our bodies. And I know it's frustrating because there are, I don't know how many tears I've cried in frustration and anger because the scale wasn't moving anymore mm-hmm. or it was moving in the other way. And once I finally embrace that my body has a set point, it has a weight that it wants to be at, it will do what it needs to do to Mm -hmm. stay there. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, I forced my body to be a size zero, 120 pounds. I Mm -hmm. forced that. And I could only really do that for a month or two before my body was like, nope, that's not who we are. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that's uh, yeah, I'm having I, I've, I remember being like about 15 pounds away from a goal that I was supposed to get. And it just felt like it was so unobtainable for me. It just didn't feel right. You know, like I felt like I was if I was able to accept where I was at, at that point, then mm-hmm. I probably would have been able to maintain that success for for a longer period of time than I did. So. It's, it sounds like, and again, you know, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost sounds like you're kind of mentally preparing your readers, your, the listeners that, you know, like, Hey, this is, this is what's going to happen. And this is what you need to, this is what you need to think in order to prepare for that. This is what, you know, need, you know, you feel needs to happen. Is that, is that correct? Kind of like you're preparing them mentally first. Before getting them started I, I physically? Oh, so because I, again, I can only tell you how many times I was in agony because things weren't going the way that I was told they should or I thought they should. And that's so much extra stress and, and tension and, and that we put on ourselves that get us that much further away from happiness, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I, I hope so with my story knowing that I did everything that you did to get the smaller body. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. I, I mean, I really do hope that that kind of starts to open in people's eyes because we have lived in this tiny bubble of what the diet industry have told, has told us for so long. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You stay thin and guess what? You're going to be so happy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's just not the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. But the, so when you were able to like pivot over to public speaking, mm -hmm. what was that first experience like for you when you got on stage and shared your story? It was, it was really powerful. I mean, unfortunately it was a virtual thing. So, but it, mm -hmm. I still was telling people and, you know, yeah. talking to people like I'm talking to you, but my first time was virtual and mm. it was amazing. It was beautiful. I feel like people were really listening and I did get feedback, you know, like I mentioned to you before, this is my story. I felt this way my whole life. And so I'm glad that I'm able to touch people in that way because that's my goal. Excellent. Excellent. And what was the feedback like for you? Were you getting people reaching out to you right then and there? Or was there a period of time that there was, there was a gap in between that? Or what was the, what was the experience afterwards? Like when, there was um, definitely some yeah. initial reach out. And then I think I can see that my following has been building steadily since then, since I've been much more active on social media and much more active out there. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a process, just like everything I went through with my chain feeling about myself and my body, getting mm -hmm. my message out there is a process too. Excellent. Excellent. And speaking of getting the message out, what was the experience like working on the book as well? It was a great experience. You know, I had always felt for at least 10 years, maybe longer that I had a book in me and mm -hmm. I just kept putting it off because I, I didn't have a lot of confidence in my grammar skills or my, how to put, <laughs> you know, I just, that was something I didn't feel confident. And when I realized that there's people that do this for a living and they can help you with that, I said, right. well, let's go ahead and, and take a, take a risk and take a chance. And at the time, I was like, even if one person reads it, and even if I can just say, I wrote a book, that's mm -hmm. great. But now that I have it, I can touch it, I can see it, I can you know, tell people about it, mm -hmm. I don't want to help just one person. I want to help yeah. everyone. And that really is just uh, just an amazing feeling, actually, you know, getting, getting the book finished, you can hold it in your hands, and you can just say... I did this, you know, I, I made this and now it's, and now it's out there in the world. And if people, if people wind up, wind up liking it, fantastic, you know, and just kind of building your audience from that. What has yeah. the experience been like since the book has been out? It has been interesting because again, this is my first time with this, doing something like this. It's my first time understanding all the ins and outs. So I'm learning so much and I'm doing the marketing, I'm promoting, I'm finding myself places to speak, I'm finding bookstores that will let me do book signings and book reading. And it's it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I I didn't I mean I know again you can hire people to do that, but that is something that I'm doing on my own for now. Maybe by the second book I'll be a little bit more famous and someone will just take it over for me. But <laughs> for now it's me doing everything and it's and it's a learning experience. It's a lot of work. For sure. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And <laughs> what was it that, what was it that, that you were able to kind of come to grips with when it came to actually like write, writing this book, putting it together? What was something that was a real wake up call for you? And just like, wow, I didn't think it was going to, I was going to need to do that too. So. Well, when my book came out and then nothing happened and I was like, well, <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. what yeah. next? What next? What do I do? And mm-hmm. like I said, just thank God I have a beautiful group of women who are like, well, try this, try that. And just every time I have a conversation with somebody, something else comes to fruition. Like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Maybe. And so I'm like, oh, okay. I don't, I can't, and I, I don't have time to take all the ideas, but if something sounds like it's reasonable and I can do it and I can mentally handle it right now, I do it. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And so now learning all of this, what were your, what have been your thoughts like about the whole writing process? What do you feel like you'll be able to handle for, for the second time around? And what do you have a specific topic already in mind for the second time around? So to answer your first question, yes, I definitely feel much more confident writing the book. I don't have to care about punctuation because I can hire an editor to do that for me. So I can just mm-hmm. write, which is that takes a lot of pressure off you, especially if you're out there and you want to write a book. Don't worry about any of that stuff. That's the beauty of editors. And mm-hmm. so that stress is off me. Yes, I definitely have an idea for book number two, but I'm just not ready to share that yet. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so with everything that you have going on right now, like you've done the, you've done the public speaking, you've done, you've, you've got a book out. You are also a certified trainer, correct? I am. I've kept up my certification, but I'm not actively doing that right now because I'm really focusing on this and getting, mm-hmm. you know, public speaking. A TED Talk is in my future. I know it is. It's, you know, out there a little mm-hmm. bit, but I'm preparing myself for that time. So I'm really nice. Speak, 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 speak. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great thing to do. And I hope that you're recording as much as possible as well. So that way you have, you have a, a reel to put together and present to people just in case, just in case they know that you're not, you know, someone who just started this speaking journey. So yeah. that's, so, so you said a TED talk is in your future, which, you know, that's, that's wonderful. That's a, that's, that's a great, that's a, that's an amazing vision, you know, to have right there. And it sounds like the message that you have will definitely connect with the, with the TED audience. So what do you feel like you can do for the future to kind of add to that message? What is it that you feel like, have you received like questions from listeners or viewers or readers that you feel like is an ideal topic to tackle for either a future speaking engagement or another book further on down the road? Is there something that, that you feel like someone brought up that just made you think, think like, Ooh, I can cover that too. Absolutely. I mean, there's like stuff coming at me every day, especially the longer I'm in this space, I'm just inundated with things that I feel, especially in the fitness and in industry is so outdated and antiquated and needs to be shaken up. Mm-hmm. So I love doing workshops with actual fitness professionals because, and medical professionals. And mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor. I understand that. 
and I say so, but I do say instead of just saying eat less, move more, you're not mm-hmm. telling your patients anything. You're not telling your clients anything. Right. That does not resonate. We mm. have to be more of a guide. We have to realize that there are so many people out there who are not your typical body in society's ideals that we are not even paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And I wish that the medical industry would understand that you can be in a size 10, 12 body if we even want to attach size to something mm-hmm. so healthy and be strong and your blood work is perfect. But because you don't fit into a BMI chart, you need to go on a diet like that mm. disconnect there. It's we it's long over. So I'm yeah. hoping to, you know, facilitate the change there. Oh, of course, of course. And so what what piece of advice do you have for someone who is yet to really kind of start their own journey with accepting who they are with with knowing the kind of person that they are, the kind of person they're going to be and accepting accepting that, you know, for themselves, trying to get that sort of self-validation feeling. What is that first step that you feel like that they should take? Well, for me, there's three. You have to ask yourself three questions. Mm -hmm. One is, do you want to be happy? And Mm -hmm. if the answer is yes, then you got to start doing the work. And the second question is, am I able to trust the process? Because again, Mm. it's not a light switch. You can't heal 40 plus years of thinking overnight. It's a process. And then the third and final one is, I totally lost my train of thought there. Maybe it'll come back to me, but you know, it's all a matter of asking. Oh, it came back to me. Mm -hmm. You have to ask yourself, who am I? Who Mm. am I? And who do I want to put out into the world? And if none of those answers line up to who you are now, then it's time to start the work for sure. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. And where can my listeners find you on social media? Social media, all under Rachel Lavin Wellness. And my website is of the same name, Rachel Lavin Wellness. Rachel Lavin Wellness. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah. So, those questions are some, are some incredibly important ones that you everyone really needs to ask themselves. Who am I? Will I be happy by making by making this by making this change? Am I willing to put in the work? And that applies not just to who we are physically, but also who we are mentally, who we are spiritually, who we are emotionally, and we have people like Rachel that, that are here to, to get us on that journey. And that is a truly, truly valuable thing to have is someone who is willing to take those steps with you because they've taken it themselves. And the main thing, trust the process. Is this someone that you are going to, are you, are you going to constantly question everything they're doing? Are you going to be skeptical? Or are you going to allow them to lead you down a specific path to get to where you want to be? If you have that connection with that person and you're not questioning every single step, then move forward. If they are able to get you to that 
place, then that's that's a truly wonderful thing. And Rachel Lavin is one of the many people who are willing to do that for all of you. So we are going to continue this conversation in our monthly membership section here at Excelsior Journeys. But for all of you who are finished with with this part of this journey, for Rachel Lavin, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward, and I will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Excelsior Journeys. I hope it was both inspiring and entertaining. Special thanks to Zach Comtois for providing new music for the intro and outro. Please take a moment to leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to your platform of choice by going to he'sgotit.com slash podcasts. While there, you can also fill out the application to be a guest, inquire about sponsorship opportunities, and click on the Buy Me a Coffee link if you wish to give your support to the show. All interaction is very much appreciated. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for the show, please direct it to george at he'sgotit.com.